Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Soundbite Gospel. I'm your host, Travis Hayes, and can you believe it has been one year since the World Health Organization deemed COVID-19 to be a worldwide pandemic? It feels like it was just yesterday, and also at the same time, it feels like it was forever ago. I mean, we didn't even know what Tiger King was at this point, but yet, here we are. (laughs) So, all I want to say is if within the past year, if you have been affected by COVID-19, whether it be through loss of any sort, family member, job, health, whatever it may be, I want you to know that you are loved and that I care for you and I'm there for you. If I know you personally, then I'm there for you personally, but if I don't, then I'm there with you in spirit and know that God is there with you through that pain. God is with you through suffering. He is a God who suffers with us. He is a God who understands what it's like to hurt and understands what it's like to feel pain. And so just know that there is hope, that there is love and peace that surpasses all understanding whenever we don't know what the end of the tunnel looks like and we still don't really know what it looks like and you may seem like it's so far down the way, but just know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere, and that light is Christ. And you can put your hope and trust within Him. And so know that I'm praying for you and your family and your friends, and going through 2021 may be better than the past year has been for you. So now to shift gears, we are in episode 23, and I'm titling this Conforming to Being Non-Conforming. I think that's a double negative, not sure, I'd not do that great within grammar in school. So we will be going into Romans 12, 2, and this will sound very familiar to those who are Christians and grew up in the church. And it says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So let's break this verse down into two parts, because I feel like there is a natural break within this one verse. So the first part says, do not conform. Now, if you were anything like me growing up, this was a very popular phrase in what it meant to be a Christian and trying to be in the world, but not of the world. We were called to be not of the world, uh, so they would say. And there were even t-shirts that were something like, not of this world, N-O-T-W. They were really popular in the 2000s, maybe even the 90s. I never had one of those shirts, but I just remember seeing them all the time. But have you ever really pondered what this phrase means to be in the world, but not of it, do not conform? Because if you're anything like me, it always meant you don't watch certain movies or you don't watch certain TV shows. Or when you became an adult, you don't participate in certain things like drinking or smoking or you didn't go to certain places in town. These are what I heard growing up. Or maybe you've heard that it was not voting a certain way. You you know, you didn't vote for the left or you didn't vote for the right because of their agendas. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this who deems this right and wrong category. And it kind of depends on when and where you were really born. Because if you were born in the South pre-1870-ish, not owning slaves was conforming to the world because owning slaves was a biblical thing. 
And so not owning them was conforming. You know, if you were pre-women's rights and feminist movements, the traditional home structure and values, those were, you know, what it was like to be a Christian. And when you went against those, that was conforming to the world. So it seems like it's really about when and where you live. And this making a list for ourselves of what is conforming or not conforming seems really subjectively arbitrary, if you ask me. And so what does it look like to be non-conforming? Well, we'll answer this question right after a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. So where is our standard as Christians to be seen as set apart from this world? How do we take something that seems subjective and make it objective? Well, the classic place to go is the life of Jesus. We can go throughout all the Gospels and see how Jesus demonstrates how we are to be within this world and how he calls us out of it and how he calls us through a different way through the kingdom of God. But if we just stay within context here, if we just stay within Romans 12, Paul actually delivers what he thinks is the Christian ethics. And some of your Bibles may actually have the title called Christian Ethics in this part, and that's Romans 12, 9 through 21, right after he talks about how to um, be non-conforming to the world. And so as we read this, think about your culture, Think about where you live. Think about the people you interact with. What does this look like in your own context? And so here's Romans 12, 9 through 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's restorative wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. So this is a lot. And we may be thinking to ourselves, wow, I don't measure up to any of this. I've been conforming a lot. And that's okay, because we're not perfect. We mess up. That's all right. Um, but it, it's crazy to see this. And, you know, Paul doesn't say, like, you know, don't um, participate in, you know, certain actions as far as, you know, it's not really like a list of demands or a list of do's and don'ts. It's really more about your behavior and more about how you treat others and how you combat evil with good and, and pursue peace and pursue shalom and pursue love. And so this really flies in the face of our world that is so dominated by violence and retribution, especially here in the U.S. We value 
our addiction to guns and violence so highly, um, so, so highly. And that just seems to go against what Jesus and Paul are teaching. Even things like extreme capitalism, trust me, I'm not saying capitalism, I'm saying extreme capitalism of living up above our means, you know, taking out credit cards so we can keep up with the Joneses. It seems so counterintuitive to the gospel and what Paul is trying to portray here. So this begs the question, how do we not conform? How do we live in this world but not of it? Well, that's where the second half of Romans 12 to comes in. And Paul says, by the renewing of our mind. Now, when I think of this phrase, I think of the word repent. And I know that can be a scary word for some people because you think of the hellfire and brimstone preacher who is just sweating and spitting profusely repent ye sinners <laughs> in front of a whole crowd of people. But repent in its actuality is really just a change of direction a change of thinking, a change of seeing and interacting with the world around you. So if we want to change our hands and our feet, if we want to change the things that we are doing, we must first change our hearts and our mind. The latter comes before the former. And this is where we get into the crazy world of neuroscience. And I know Paul didn't really know what he, how deep his truth was that he was speaking. Um, but within neuroscience, we know that our brains are malleable. We know that our brains physically change. I mean, when we form habits, when we form addictions, things within our brain change. When we even create mental shortcuts so that our brains don't explode from the information. I mean, you're creating mental shortcuts every day so that you're life is easier so that your brain doesn't go into overdrive 24 7. the brain is such a crazy thing and it's crazy that paul is saying renew your mind change your mind and changing our minds does not come easy any behavioral expert will tell you that it, it takes time and commitment to change how your brain functions change how your thoughts flow change really how you go about your everyday life and it takes that time and commitment it's not instant it's not easy it's not um, a microwavable result it takes time like a slow cooker or a crock pot and in this world of hustle and bustle and instant satisfaction that's really unattractive for us and that unattractiveness is why few people will go down that road but one thing we must understand as Christians is we are called to not conform. And I mean this in the biblical sense that we just mentioned, not the list of you know do's and don'ts and regulations that some legalistic people will try to put on us. But when we don't conform, when, when we choose love over violence, when we choose peace over unnecessary conflict, not conflict, but unnecessary conflict, when we choose to take care of those who need it the most. That's non-conforming to the world. The way of love, the way of Christ in itself is not conforming. And trust me when I say it is difficult. It will be difficult. I haven't even figured it out yet. But I do know that it is full of peace, joy, hope, and above all is full of love. 
And that's the underlying message. I mean, we may even risk our own lives. Yes, you heard me right. We may even risk our own lives in obedience to Christ. And you know what? That's okay. Because to live is Christ and die is gain. And we're going to end it on that hammer. We're going we're gonna to drop the hammer there and walk away. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, th- th- no, for real, this, this, this call to follow the way of Christ is not easy. No one ever said it was. Even Jesus himself said, narrow is the gate and wide is the path of destruction. And there are so many people, so many Christians who are choosing the path of destruction, me included. I Trust me, I choose probably on a, almost on a daily basis the path of destruction by not renewing my mind. But we can always repent. We can always change. We can always take that road that leads to a, an abundant life that Jesus promised us. We can always change. That's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of the love of Christ. That is the beauty of the gospel. He always gives us that chance. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. There is nothing that will keep us from going in the direction that he wants us to go. And so what path do we take? What are we conforming to? Are we conforming to the gospel? Are we conforming to the ways of the world? Where do we pledge our allegiance to? And with that, may his spirit, love, and shalom be in and with you, my friends. Until next time. Thank you.